Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Uncommon Church. It's a great honor to have you guys all here with us this morning as we open the word. Some of you are like, dude, it's been an hour and two minutes and we're still, haven't even gotten to the message yet. I have told you we're going to be here a minute. So uh, I knew we had to honor the graduates. I knew we had all these baptisms and I knew I had a two hour message to preach. So I, I knew it was going to be a minute in this message. So of course, Vicki Vaughn's like a two hour message. Yes. So everybody else is like, I should have gone to the short church this week. So, um, well, good. I, I want to um, kind of pick up where I left off last week. Last week, we talked about the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit being given to the church on Pentecost. Um, so today, we're going to zero in on one of those gifts, and that would be the gift of prophecy. And I'll explain why we're focusing in on that the most here this time. Uh, last year, uh, when we had to shut down, uh, we were shut down for, I think, five weeks, and we were doing services um, online, and you guys were all at home, and I, I realized that all of my messages had to be those that built you up to remind you, to equip you, that you are the, the pastor of your home, you are the Bible teacher of your apartment, you are the evangelist over your neighborhood, you are the, the apostle of your grocery store, and that you don't just get to come to church and lean on Brad and Josie and Jeff and Josh and Linnea. Like, we have to equip you to be the ministers in your home wherever you, go, you are. We need, you need to be the ones that have the ability to pray and hear from God and know how to pray in faith. You are the ones that need to be equipped on how to worship that you can put on a worship album in your home and just worship, just lift up the name of the Lord right there in your home. You are the ones that need to learn to um, be able to read the word of God and, and study it and understand what it's saying because in many countries around the world, it's actually illegal to do all of that publicly. So today we honor and we celebrate the men and women that laid down their lives to give us this freedom, but let us not take that freedom for granted by also learning how to be ministers in our own homes. So one of the most important gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us is the gift of prophecy. And I, I wanted to understand, uh, help you to understand that gift more because it will help you grow personally. But the gift was actually given, Paul says, to build the rest of the church. So the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life, and in fact, um, we read that verse last week, um, that when we pray in other tongues, it's like doing um, exercise on our spirit man. We get stronger on the inside and it builds us up. But when we prophesy, we're building others up. But the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of prophecy, I, I told you last week, is not a reward for good behavior. It's not, wow, you've been a Christian for 40 years. You are amazing. You're super spiritual. Um, you don't cuss or drink or chew or run with the girls that do. So I'm going to give you this gift of the Holy Spirit. No, it's when you believe, you receive the gift. It's not a sign that you're super spiritual. The sign of being super spiritual is actually not the gift of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And that's a whole other message that we're not going to get into. A gift, all you have to do is receive, figure out how to use it, and then use it. Fruit of the Spirit actually takes some time. It needs to be deposited as a seed. It needs to grow in your life. So if you're taking notes, uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 is the fruit of the Spirit. We're not going to go there. We're not going to study that, but that's your homework. Um, and these are the things that come over time of living with Jesus. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These fruit are an outward testimony that you are connected to the vine of Jesus. And all believers in Jesus, they demonstrate their faith publicly by growing these fruit on their tree. 
So you're demonstrating through the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit the life of God living on the inside of you, that you are connected to Jesus, and that is a demonstration of that fruit. So if you say that you go to church, and you say you attend a group, you know, one of our small groups during the week, and you say you come to Wednesday night, you pray for an hour, but then you come home from Wednesday night prayer, and you're mad, and you're sad, and you're, you're mean, and you're rude, and you're angry, and you're not self-disciplined or self-controlled, who are you praying to for that hour? Because when you're connected to the vine, he creates fruit in your life that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So being connected to the true vine will produce the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're coming to the church, but you don't have that fruit in your life, that means you're near the vine, but you're not yet connected to the vine. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to get connected or reconnected to the vine in about 30 minutes. But today we're going to talk about a gift. A gift has nothing to do with slow, you know, grinding it out and developing the fruit. It's just a gift that you ask for it, you receive it, and then you begin to operate in it. There were nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, you can write that in your notes and study it out later. We won't have time to get into all of them, but they are the gift of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And I remind you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not a reward. They're simply tools to get a job done that we need to have operating in our life so that we can take the kingdom of God and advance it on the earth. It is a gift of faith, a gift of healing, a gift of prophecy is not a sign of spiritual maturity. The fruit of the Spirit is a sign of spiritual maturity because it takes time to grow. But, but somebody that, that prays in other tongues or somebody that gives a word of prophecy or somebody that has you know, faith for healing, that's not a sign of spiritual maturity. It's simply a sign that the gift has been given to them and they operate in. I often see the gifts of the Spirit more active in new believers than I do old believers. Because oftentimes old believers have been taught bad theology and taught that you can't do that. You can't pray like that. You can't believe like that. But new believers look at it in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. They're like, yes, I can. And then they do. So I know spiritually immature people that are still growing fruit, but they can pray in tongues and prophesy. So let's dig into why am I talking so much about prophecy? Like, why do I keep circling back? Why, why is this whole message on prophecy more than any other gift? The Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was a lot like our church, mostly Gentile church uh, in, a, in a pagan world, um, a lot of uh, sexual sin, a lot of idolatry, and, um, and so very similar uh, culture to our culture today. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago to the church, to everybody. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, let love be your highest goal. So don't forget, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talked about the, the fruit of the, I'm sorry, the gifts of the Spirit. But then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he talked about the love of God being evident in your life. So he's saying, let love be your number one, most important, highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives. We should, we should also desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. Just leave that verse up there for a second. The love of God is first and foremost the most important thing that we demonstrate the love of God to this generation. However, while we're learning and, and operating in the love of God for a generation, he's saying, I really want you to desire the gifts of the Spirit. And of all of the nine gifts of the Spirit, I want you to really desire and operate in the gift of prophecy. 
That's why it's so important that we all learn to prophesy. Because the Apostle Paul is saying, we need to love people very, very well. It's our highest goal. But then we need to encourage them with a word of prophecy. Verse 2. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a mystery. But the one who prophesies, well, they're strengthening others, they're encouraging them, and they're comforting them. Prophecy will always strengthen, encourage, and comfort. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. A person who prays in other tongues is personally strengthened in their inner man. But the one who speaks a word of prophecy, they're the one who's strengthening the entire church. So when you pray in tongues personally, it's like doing exercise. You're on the treadmill. You're lifting weights. You're doing your Pilates. You know, you're doing whatever it is that gets you, you know, stronger on the inside. It's your core. It's, it's doing crunches, right? Spiritually, crunch, spiritually, praying in other tongues is spiritual crunches. You're like, well, I like praying in tongues, and I hate doing crunches. Okay, I understand. It's a bad illustration. But there's some people, because of bad religion, you're like, I also hate praying in tongues. But I'm going to fix you. In that today. Because when you pray in other tongues, you're strengthening yourself personally. When you prophesy, you're strengthening the people around you. So you're like, well, I don't really want to pray in tongues. Verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues. Circle the word all in your Bible. But even more, as much as I want you all to pray in tongues, even more, I wish you could all prophesy. Say all prophesy. For prophecy is actually greater than speaking other tongues. Because unless somebody interprets that tongue, you're saying to the whole church is not, is not going to be understood. But if you prophesy to the whole church, everyone's going to be strengthened. Amen. And here's the funny thing. Some people are like, uh, listen here, uh, Pastor Brad. Um, I'm not really like a tongues and prophecy kind of Christian. Like, that's not really my thing. That's not really in my Bible. <laughs> I like the fruit of the Spirit. I like that love and joy and peace. I'll do some of that patience thing. But I'm not so down with the gifts of the Spirit. Can I let you in on a little secret? Following God was never meant to be a pick-and-choose buffet that you get whatever you want. Because your Christian faith is not about you. It's about Him. And once you have it on the inside of you, it's about getting out of you onto the people around you. So when you make Christianity all about you and what you like, the people around you die and go to hell. And that's why for 2,000 years, the last thing that Jesus asked the church to do still hasn't been done yet. He said, take the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And we're like, yeah, I just don't like all that praying in tongues and prophecy stuff. I want a salad, but um, just make sure there's no like, tomatoes or cucumbers or mushrooms or onions or peppers. Oh, and no, no croutons because of carbs. But then you'll put a gallon of ranch dressing on it. Listen here. When you gave your heart to Jesus, you became a child of God, and your father says you need to eat all your vegetables. It's not about you. Tongues will strengthen you personally. Prophecy strengthens those around you. Apostle Paul said to all believers, you should desire these spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Oh, I'm not really down with this whole prophecy thing. I read in the Old Testament, they used to stone prophets. This is not that. This is a new covenant in Jesus. 
that is meant to build up the body, to encourage the body, not point out sin in other people. It's meant to strengthen and encourage, not meant to tear down. We are living in a new dispensation of grace. And the grace is that prophecy will always strengthen, it will always encourage, it will always comfort. It's kind of like this. You're, God is living on the inside of you. God is a loving father. And God is a loud loving father. He's, he's the dad at the Little League game. Or he's the dad at the ballet recital. He's like, you're doing awesome! I'm so proud of you! You can do it! Keep going! So when you prophesy, you're allowing the Father to speak life and encouragement over those around you. So you're like, okay, I'm a little intrigued. Where do I start? I don't know. Why don't you pray and ask for it? If I really want something for Christmas or a birthday coming up, I start leaving hints. And at my age, I don't leave a hint. I'd be like, boy, this Apple Watch is really getting old, Generation 1. And they have like Generation 26 now with holograms and stuff. Would be nice. Birthday coming up September 19th. If you want a gift, just ask for it. Lord, I want the nine gifts of the Spirit. Lord, I want the gift of prophecy. Just ask for it. Number two, pray in other tongues. What are you doing? I'm building up my inner man. Because the first time you give a word of prophecy, you're going to need some confidence. You're going to need some faith. You're going to need some strength. You're going to have to take a, a leap off that cliff. So pray in other tongues. Build up your inner man so that you can give to another. Number three, begin to pray for somebody. Just lay your hand on their shoulder and just pray for them. And then shut up and listen. God will put a thought in your heart, a picture in your mind. Something that will strengthen, encourage, or comfort them. Jump down to verse 12. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Since you're so eager to have all the special abilities that the Spirit will give... Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. He's saying, eagerly seek out the gifts that are going to strengthen everybody. I want you to long for this. In fact, he mentions it five times in chapter 14. Paul says, you're going to use the gifts, and you're going to encourage and strengthen the church. You're going to build them up. That's our job. How do I know if I'm prophesying? Do you feel something that is giving spiritual strength that is encouraging them, that is building their faith, that comforts them, that, that edifies them, that, that helps them grow in their love, you're prophesying. Because that's all prophecy is, is to edify, to build up, to strengthen the church, the bride of Christ. Say, you look amazing. You're beautiful. God's got great things for you. Well, uh, you got to be real careful, because what if you say something the devil wants to say? The devil literally cannot say anything encouraging, strengthening, or comforting in Jesus' name. It's impossible. And here's what, well, uh, what if I'm just thinking my thoughts and saying my thoughts over people? Well, are all of your thoughts strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? You are a super Christian. Because I'm pretty good at this. And all of my thoughts are not super 100% strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So if I feel something when I'm praying for somebody, I see a picture in my mind's eye that qualifies for strengthening, comforting, and encouraging, I'm going to speak it out. Let me read. Let's go back to verse 1. We're going to start over in this text. 
1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. Circle the word love in your Bible that you're not holding in your lap because nobody has paper Bibles anymore. <laughs> if you have a paper Bible, I'm just curious. Hold it up for fun. I'll bet there's not even 10. One, two, three. Hey! 12 paper Bibles. 350 people in 12 Bibles. All right, praise God. And it's fine. You don't have to have a paper Bible. We were, I was at a pastor's conference this week. And every time, okay, now I'm just going to flex a little. I was at a pastor's conference with Bill Johnson all week this week. And if you don't know who Bill Johnson is, I don't know how you're saved, but you, uh, you need to read all of his books and listen to all of his messages. Um, and then those of you, it was a small conference. There's only about 200 people in the room, right? So I actually, in a grip and grin, I actually got to meet Bill Johnson. Now, I don't know if it's like when you get to meet one of your heroes, but I was just like, hi, Pastor Bill. Here's my wife. And she was all cool, like, oh, hi, Pastor Bill. I'm just such an honor to meet you. I'm like, yeah, that. <laughs> Tongue is just laying on the floor. Bill Johnson himself would say, open your Bible too. And I'd be like, nope, because it's going to be on the screen. Anyway, you should, uh, love is your highest goal. You should. They were like, are we in a verse? Yes. Also desire the ability that the Spirit gives, especially the gift of prophecy. Let's circle back to love. If you love others, I mean, you really love others, then you're going to ask for the gift, especially the gift of prophecy, and then you're going to use them. And if you say, uh, no thanks, I'm not a big tongues and prophecy kind of guy, you're actually being extremely selfish. Because the gifts of the Spirit are not for you, it's for us. The gift of the Spirit is not to build you up, that's the praying other tongues. The gift of the Spirit, and especially prophecy, is to build up those around you. So operating in the Spirit isn't for you, it's to help the rest of us out. So when you give a word of prophecy, you're encouraging the people around you. When you choose not to, you're not encouraging the people around you. This was God's model. This is how he wanted the church to be built up. We need you to prophesy. I need you to prophesy. I need you to, in your dream team, Dream teams are the groups that serve. They're the ones that do the worship and the tech and the ushering and the security and the children and the welcome and all. These are teams, dream teams. And before and after every service, they circle around. Hey, how can we pray for you this week? What's going on in your life? How can we pray for you? Well, how about not just, Father, bless them, but hey, I feel like I have a word from God for you and I just wanna speak some life encouragement and strength over you. I need you to learn to operate in the gift of prophecy. Next week, we launch our summer semester of you groups. These are groups that meet in people's homes or at a, at a Panera during the week, and they study the Bible, or they study marriage, or the men's uh, groups and women's groups, and you know, different groups, and we'll launch all those. They're online, um, uncommonshirts.tv forward slash groups. Sign up for one today. <laughs> and um, why about not just in your group? Hey, how was your week? What's going on? Hey, how did that thing work out at the dentist? Why not you just, hey, can we pray for you? And then you begin to prophesy and speak life over them. Parents, your children need you to prophesy over them. Amen. Grandparents, your grandkids need you to prophesy over them. Come over here by granddad. Let me give you a dollar and I'm gonna pray for you. Kids will shut up and listen if they think you can give them money keep them from squirming. Between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, your relationship with God should bless everyone around you. So much so that the religious leaders in Jesus' day were struggling with this information. And one of the religious leaders went to Jesus and were like, hey, JC, or 
YH, YHM. <laughs> Two people got that joke. Yeshua Ha Moshiach, Jesus the Messiah, anyway. <laughs> what is the greatest commandment? So you have to remember the religious Jews have studied Moses, they've studied the commandments, they know the law. But now we have this rabbi that seems to have a whole new kingdom. And they were like, all right, which of all of the commandments is the one that matters most? And these are in red letters in your Bible. Jesus said this, Mark chapter 12, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these two. So you might say, well, Jesus, why? Why, why do I have to do it in that order? Because you can't love others well until you love God first. And once you really love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you grow the fruit of the Spirit, and you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to build up and love, demonstrate the love of God to everyone around you, which is why in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul said, let love be your highest goal. Love for God, love for people. If that's your highest goal, you're going to operate in the gift of prophecy. So then some people are like, whoa, so am I like some sort of fortune teller now? 100% no. And actually, yeah. But here's the deal. Prophecy will always do one of two things. Prophecy will sometimes point to the future and describe what God is leading people into. Hey, have you ever considered going to Bible college? Hey, have you ever considered going to uh, Nepal? Hey, have you ever considered you know, getting your bachelor's degree in um, engineering? Like, it's a, it's a thought I had. And you just speak that over someone. So it's something that's coming down. I just feel like maybe you should look at this area of God's will. So it will lead people to look and think and pray about something that's down the road. But it can also be something that changes an immediate event. So one of the best, greatest examples of this also comes out of Bethel Church in Reading. This was many years ago. They were at the altar. They gave an altar call for anybody that had an addiction. Addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography. And the altars were full and people wanted to find freedom. And Chris Valentin is the associate pastor there. That was like the roughest looking dude, the roughest looking addict that was in church that day. And he went up to him and began to pray for him. He said, hey, I have a word from God for you. God says that you are a holy man. In the moment, he was not a holy man. He was an unholy man, a drug addict, strung out, I think, on heroin. But the word of the Lord prophesied, you are a holy man. In that moment, the addiction to drugs, especially heroin, was broken off. He, he never, ever, 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 ever went back to drugs again. In fact, went through their Bible college and is in ministry today. So sometimes a word of prophecy will speak to the future, but sometimes it's going to change the immediate right here, right now. Most of you know the story. Um, four and a half years ago, our church was obviously much smaller and we were meeting at an old, uh, very small building that we affectionately called the crack house because it looked like, you know, a crack house. It smelled like cat urine. I love that you think I'm kidding. And um, here's the crazy thing. The church had grown to like standing room only. Now, this whole section right here, this is about the size of the crack house, in case you're wondering. But we were like standing room only. And um, we were doing the best we could. I went to a pastors and leaders conference. I brought my whole family. And we were at the, there at the altar. And you guys know our friend Luke Holter, prophet, very strong prophetic gift. Luke was there and he was ministering. And he gets to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and prays. And, and then he goes, 
By the way, this is the first time I met Luke. I mean, now we know Luke quite well. Back then, first time I met him. He said, the Lord says, you have been faithful with little, so he is going to give you much. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And he's walking away, and he goes, that means you're getting a new building. And I was like, hallelujah, I claim that in Jesus' name. (laughs) The very next morning, Catherine calls and says, I want you guys to come up to Grapevine because we've got a big building and the rest is history. That same service, just by the way for funsies, he gets to my son Josh, who would have been 15 at the time. Just, what is it, 15? Freshman, sophomore, just a a dumb kid in high school, right? Just stand there with his hands in his pocket like, you know, like all 15-year-olds, like, nobody look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he prays for him and he said, Josh, I feel like the Lord has called you to be like Donald Trump. Now, at that time, Donald Trump had not been president and and had no public political aspirations. All Donald Trump was was a uh, commercial real estate developer, right? Multi-billionaire commercial real estate developer. And Josh is like, to be like Donald Trump. Okay. (laughs) Fast forward six years. My son is graduating from UNT with a a degree in um, real estate and um, works for a commercial real estate firm, is actually a manager of 13 commercial real estate properties worth millions of dollars, and that's only the very beginning, right? But at the time, he was just a dumb kid. And the prophet's like, I see you're gonna be like Donald Trump. And I'm like, okay, my retirement is all set. (laughs) Because you're going to share. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> but it would have seemed absurd, except that it was a word of the Lord. So here's the thing. Listen, I'm, okay, I, I appreciate your sentiment, and I like what you're doing with this, but I'm not so sure that everyone can prophesy, and what I'm really saying is I'm not so sure that I can prophesy. Listen, I am 100% sure that you can prophesy, and here's why. A thousand years before Jesus, so about 3,000 years ago, God promised that he was going to send his Holy Spirit not to visit us, but to reside on the inside of each one of us, Joel chapter 2. After doing all these things, I will pour out my Spirit on some people. Their sons and daughters will, hold on, hold on, hold on, then after those, I will pour, oh snap, I will pour out my Spirit on I will pour out my spirit on all. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will. Do you have parents or had parents? You are a son or a daughter. (laughs) Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions, prophetic visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on servants, men and women alike. So operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and specifically operating in prophecy is for everybody. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your social class is. You go and prophesy. Well, okay, how, how, how? Well, I have a prophetic word for you just to give you an example. So um, now you might have heard this word before, but this word is for everybody. And this word could literally transform your life if you really understand it. So close your eyes. Just think about the Lord. Picture of the Lord, picture Jesus. Here's a prophetic word for you. You ready? 
Jesus loves you. Look up here at me. I don't know if you understood that the depth and the weight and the power and the transformative Jesus isn't mad at you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And did you notice when I gave you that prophetic word, I didn't do it in the King James English and I didn't yell at you. Well, bless God. Thus saith the Lord, Jesus, he loves you, boy. Just pray for people. And if you have a thought, you know, just say it. Don't be like a pretentious jerk from 450 years ago. Just talk. <laughs> hey, I had a thought for you. Hey, I feel like God wants to encourage you with this word. Everyone can prophesy. This is for you. This is for today. And here's the crazy thing. People think, well, it started with Jesus. No. Started with Paul? No. Started with Joel? No. 4,000 plus years ago. Moses. What? Moses. Numbers chapter 11. A couple of million people living in the desert, working their way up to the promised land. One prophet. Moses is the only one who can hear from God. He's exhausted. Suddenly, two other guys begin to prophesy. Eldad and Medad. They begin, the Bible says the spirit rested on them and they began to prophesy. Well, Joshua, Moses' assistant, his little right-hand man, vice Moses, he runs up to Moses. He's like, make them stop. They're prophesying. You gotta tell them to shut up because you're the prophet. Listen to Moses' reply. He said this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. Are you jealous for my sake? Because I wish that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. See, Moses was longing for and prophesying about the very day that we are living in today when all of God's people would have access to the gifts of the spirit and the ability to process a fresh word from God and then use that to encourage people. So lean into this thing. Ask God for more of it. Don't pass up on the very gift that Moses asked for 4,000 years ago. Study 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. Pray in other tongues. Love people so well that you prophesy over them and encourage them. I'd be willing to bet you've actually already been used prophetically. Huh? How many of you have coincidentally run into somebody and you encouraged them? How many of you have ever called somebody? You're like, hey, I just want to reach out and text you or call you. You know, I, I just, you were on my mind, so I just wanted to say that. And it was just the right moment that changed their life. Like everybody has had one of those, oh, I, I can't believe you texted me. I can't believe you called me. I can't believe I ran into you at Walmart at this coincidental exact moment. Here's my point. Because of Jesus living on the inside of you, you're actually already accidentally prophetic. What happens if we actually figured out how to do it even more? Imagine if we would ask the Lord, receive, practice, and monkey around with the prophetic gift until we get really good at it. Well, that doesn't sound right. Practice makes perfect. Well, I wouldn't want to be wrong. I, I, I wouldn't want to miss it. 
the very best Major League Baseball players strike out 70% of the time. But 30% of the time, they get on base, hit a home run, and they're the best. And they still miss it 70% of the time. Look at my own life. I've traveled to 44, 45 nations around the world preaching the gospel. I've prayed for thousands, tens of thousands of people, and I have seen dozens of miracles. You're not very good at that. Well, should I stop praying for people because I've only seen a handful healed? Or should I keep praying for people until I see more and more and more people here? I'm practicing. I'm getting better. My faith is being built up. Keep praying. Keep practicing. God's going to always take you to a new and deeper level. Some of you are like, well, praise hallelujah, I have been saved for 126 years and I operate in all of the gifts. And I, There's always more. Hop up on your feet. The only boundaries to the power of God operating in your life are the boundaries that you put on him. Oh, I don't think God could speak that. I don't think God could do that. I, I, I doubt that the Lord could do this. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. Here's the problem. Most people have never asked for a prophetic word. So start today. Pray over your spouse. Pray over your kids. Pray over your grandkids. Pray over the person sitting next to you in the altar call in the worship in about 10 minutes. Just put a hand on their shoulder, begin to pray. Just say, hey, I had a thought for you to encourage you. You don't have to call out sin. You don't have to rebuke them. This isn't the Old Testament. Three things. Encourage, comfort, strengthen. Here's the funny thing about prophecy. God is always speaking. We're just rarely tuned into the frequency. Just get your radio frequency tuned in. And can I also tell you this? I don't know why that Christianity has made operating in the gifts of the Spirit and operating in prophecy so difficult. I don't think God meant it for it to be difficult. I think he meant it to be a lifestyle. That it would just flow out of your life all day, every day. You're, you're abiding in Christ. You're tuned into what the Holy Spirit is saying. And you run into old friends and new friends. You're like, hey, I just want to encourage you. I feel like the Lord is saying this about you. I think if it was, it was never meant to be like a strain, like an extremely hard, an extremely difficult, like, oh, I've really got to give a word of prophecy. That's not the way it works. I remember I made a joke about the Apple Watch. By the way, I don't want a new Apple Watch. Um, I'm in a season in my life where I have so many notifications. I'm actually turning, like this is actually like the dumbest Apple Watch in the world because I have all the notifications. You know what it is? It's actually a watch. It tells me what time it is. That's about all it does right now. It doesn't pling, it doesn't ding, it doesn't do, it doesn't vibrate, it doesn't do anything anymore. That was fun four or five years ago. That is exhausting now. But you know, when I got this watch, my kids for Father's Day, birthday, whatever, they got me this cool, whatever, you know, metal, I don't know what that is, that, that band. And I had the watch and I'm like, oh, that's so cool, way better than the plastic ones that makes my wrists sweat and stink and turn green. But the, I'm just, yay. And then I'm like, oh. I'm going to have to go to a jeweler or something to figure out how to get the band off and get the new band on. And then I'm like, no, Apple wouldn't do that. Apple would make it super easy for me. And then I realized all you got to do is just slide it in and slide the old one out. It's not that hard. If you really think about God and he's going to give you a gift, he's not going to make it difficult for you. 
it's actually going to be really easy to step into. Ah, you're freaking me out. I don't know that I can think like God can. Yes, you can. Why? You have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Uncommon church can. Who can know enough to teach him? We understand these things. Why? How? Because uncommon church has the mind of Christ. I want you to say, I have the mind of Christ. See, for me, when I try to give a prophetic word, I always come up empty. When I try really hard, I have like no faith. The power of God is released into our lives through rest, not striving. Wow, Brad, that was a really good word. You should say that again. Right? I felt like they kind of missed it. I'll say it again. The power of God is released in our lives through rest, not striving. Otherwise, you would think that you had something to do with it. See, the, the operating in the gifts of the Spirit is always going to make Jesus famous, not the one prophesying. God is not going to endorse our flesh for trying real hard and then trying to take the credit for it. But he will demonstrate his love for people by using you in the gift of prophecy because you realize who he is on the inside of you. And here's the most important one, who you are to the Lord. Remember I mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul listed you know, the, the spiritual gifts. But he really said this to set up 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. About the gifts of the Spirit on Common Church, I do not want you to be uninformed. Other translations say, I do not want you to be ignorant. Most of the church today is uninformed or ignorant about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what should we do? It's really deep. It's really profound. You ready? Get informed. That's a good place to start. If somebody that loves you, and this is somebody that you respect, and they give you a gift, and then they ask you to use that gift that they've given you, don't leave the gift unopened. Receive it, open it, figure out how it works. Practice with it. Get some friends together in your house on Tuesday night and put some worship music on. And say, I just want to pray. I want, I want to develop this thing. I'll get your kids in the room and put all the screens away. Just say, hey, we just want to pray. Teach them how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to prophesy over your kids. And then teach your kids to prophesy over each other and over mom and dad. Create a culture where prophecy is normal, not rare. In January, the staff and all their spouses, we went on a retreat up to Colorado. We spent a week up there. And um, on the last night, we had a great time. We just really enjoyed each other. But I, I really felt strongly that we should prophesy over one another. So we gathered everybody around a roaring fire. And guys, we just want to worship and pray over each other. And I just want everyone to prophesy over everyone else. It took hours and hours and way into the wee hours of the night. And it was amazing. But the first person, I think it was Anna, got prayer. And it was like, everybody was a little nervous, right? And the, the, the gift hadn't been, you know, the Rubik's Cube hadn't been figured out in a while. So people were like, God bless Anna a little and stuff. Amen. But then we went around the room and like on person number 18 or whatever, because it was all the staff and all the spouses, like it was like 20 minutes. Like I feel the Lord is pouring into people. So I'm like, 
Anybody mind if we go back and pray for Anna a second time since all of you guys were backslidden two hours ago? I understand. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and this message is like not quite at your level. You're like, I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, gifts come from the Father to his children. And unless you repent of your sin and make Jesus the Lord of your life, God might not be your Father yet. And if that freaks you out, you're like, well, then who is my Father? Can I just read to you what Jesus said? John chapter 8, Jesus said, if God were your Father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. Why can't you hear God the Father? Because you are children of your father, the devil, and you love the evil things that he does. God is a loving Father, and he gives good gifts to his kids, and he demonstrates his love to the world by having his kids figure out how to use these gifts and encourage people around us. He's put these gifts inside of his kids and he's given us access to the vine so that we can grow fruit over as we, as we develop love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, that, that begins to grow in our life. If you're near the vine but not yet connected to the vine, today is your day to repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, Surrender your life to him and get connected to the vine and begin to grow the fruit of the Spirit. And then right away, you have access to the gifts of the Spirit so that you can be a blessing to those around you. Now, this might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time. You probably went to kids' camp or church with your grandma and you're like, this isn't really my thing. Yeah, but you're, you're God's thing, man. He's crazy about you. He's not mad at you. Listen, you don't really know me. I'm not really down with this Jesus stuff. I like to get high. I like to get drunk. I like to look at porn. I like to look at people that I'm not married to and fool around with. Like, this is your thing, not my thing. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Whatever day it is, it's the day of salvation. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day to be adopted into the family of God, to become a child of the Most High God, to get connected to that vine. All you have to do is die to your old self so that you can live for Jesus. Salvation is in this room. Just reach out and receive it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I, I thank you for our church family, for all of our guests that are here today and for those that are watching online. And we corporately are asking for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, for the gifts of your Spirit. We're asking especially for the gift of prophecy. Let's just pray that. If you're here this morning and, well, no, let's do, well, no, we'll do it first and then we'll go back to salvation in a second. If you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray like this. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me. Immerse me in your spirit, in your power, and in your gifts. Especially, Lord, I desire the gift of prophecy. I want to strengthen the body of Christ. So help me, Lord, to prophesy life, comfort, strength, and encouragement to those around me. 
in Jesus' name. And Father God, I ask that if there's people here this morning or that are watching online that don't yet know you, they're near the vine. I mean, they're this close, but they've never really repented of their sin. Or maybe they've disconnected themselves. They don't believe anymore. They've allowed sin back into their life and it separated them from you. Lord, I pray that right now you would knock on their hearts and that we would open our hearts for you to come in. So this might be the first time or the first time in a long time, but I just ask for mercy, for grace, for a very sweet and tender touch of your Holy Spirit to soften our hearts, to open our eyes, to lift our heads and fix our eyes on you, Jesus. I'd like to lead you in a prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed, but it's gotta be your prayer. It's gotta come from your heart. I would like to know who I'm praying for. So if you're here this morning and that's your prayer, to get right with God, to repent of your sin, to make Jesus Lord, to get connected to the vine, it might be the first time or the first time in a long time, but I would like to know who I'm praying for. Would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day of salvation. I've got to get right with God today. I'm going to pray that prayer with you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Just shoot your hand up real high and say, today is my day of salvation. All right, I see one hand over there. Praise God. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up. What about you that are watching online? Right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom. Just lift your hand before the Lord and say, God, I've got to get right with you today. For the sake of the one that's in the room and those that are watching online, if you believe it in your heart, can we pray this out loud? Say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, for forgiving me, and for adopting me into your family. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? For the one and for those that are online, man, I'm so proud of you. Golly, I'm proud of you. Listen, if you're watching online, you might not see or maybe some of the wide shots. We've got this wall over here which has got these little light bulbs. Every single one of those light bulbs is a name of somebody that has surrendered their life to Jesus. So we wanna screw in a light bulb for you. So what I want you to do is text the name, the word Jesus to 817-405-2244. You're just gonna get an auto response form, but please fill that form out, click submit, because we wanna screw in a light bulb for you. We wanna to begin to encourage you. Come to church next Sunday and join Growth Track One. We wanna get you plugged into our church family. I'd like our prayer team to come down to the front.